I'm Dr. Ward Bond, and I welcome you to your life-changing wellness episode 28. Today, we talk about probiotics and why the ones you're taking are already dead. This is a don't-miss life-changing episode. This is Dr. Ward Bond's life-changing wellness. Life-changing wellness. Here's Dr. Ward Bond. Before we begin, if you could just do me a favor, please head over to iTunes after the interview with my guest today, rate and review the show for me, and I thank you ahead of time for making our show great. And I encourage you to look up my show page up on RadioMD.com slash Dr. Bond. I am here with microbiologist Karan Krishnan, correct? Yep, that's right. You got it. All right. And, right we're, he, and we're here to talk about the human microbiome. Yeah. Now... We hear, this has really been a subject that's really kind of exploded in the last couple of years. Yep. Why is that? So, you know, we came to discover just about seven years ago that the vast majority of our bodies are made up of bacteria, right? So we've got 10 trillion or so cells that make up our body in terms of human cells. We've got over 100 trillion bacteria that live in and on our system that control almost 90% of everything we do. You know, so if you look at our genetics, for example, right, we knew that, or we thought that our genes controlled everything. We have 22,000 genes in our human cells, and that sounded like a lot, mm -hmm. but as it turns out, like an earthworm has 40,000 genes, right? A rice plant has somewhere around 40,000 genes, so we're half as cool as an earthworm is, <laughs> you know? And wow. the, right, and it's, it's, it's so mind-boggling that we can be as sophisticated as we are, yeah knowing that we only have 22,000 genes. So then the question was, how is it that we are at the top of the food chain, we're at the top of the evolutionary ladder? And it turns out we have over three and a half million microbial genes in our system that we use for day-to-day -day function. So bacteria play a huge role in our health, our wellness, and of course, the onset and progression of disease as well. Now, what do you find in the market today when it comes to probiotics? Yeah. You know, I grew up learning about probiotics uh, I, I had the opportunity to sit down with the, the late Dr. Kim Shahani, yep. who worked at the University of Nebraska, and, yeah. and worked with Dr. Mechnikoff, and all of those those great mm -hmm. uh, probiotic icons, I should say. Yeah. And then today, the technology has, you know, it's just really exploded. Yeah. But I still find that most of the probiotics today are DOA when we get them home. Exactly. Yeah. And that's that's the big thing. I mean, most probiotics were developed well before we knew anything about the gut, right? So they were they were shooting in the blind. Yeah. Um, we didn't know really what was in the gut, how it was structured, how it functioned until about seven years ago. The vast majority of probiotics were developed well before that. So it was developed based on assumptions and hypotheses. Mm -hmm. So to give a, a good analogy of that, right, let's think of our gut as this really lush garden. It's got a thousand different plants in it and we're always trying to maintain a balance in the plants. Uh, we're trying to make sure that the weeds don't grow and trying to make sure we have good diversity of plants. But every day there's chemical spills in that garden and things that just hurt the plants, right? And so as the tenders to the garden, we're standing on the outside of the garden and just every day throwing in a bunch of seeds. And we're hoping that the seeds get in take to the soil, can somehow fight the weeds, and then start to grow. That's, that's what we've been right. doing is with probiotics. Nowadays, we know so much about the microbiome, we know so much about many different species that can function within the microbiome, we have the capability of sending in what's equivalent uh, to a gardener. 
So rather than standing on the side and throwing in a bunch of seeds and hoping they take hold, and imagine also around the garden is an acid rain, right? right. So we're hoping the seeds get through that acid rain as well, and most of them don't. And so now we have the capability of sending in bacteria that can act like a gardener. They're intelligent, they actually can get in, they can find the weeds and directly pull them out. They can uh, detoxify the soil and then help the other plants grow. So is, it more of a, so is it more of a prebiotic or more of an actual probiotic that we want to get into the system? Yeah, and that's a great question. So um, we, ideally what we want is a symbiotic, which is both a prebiotic and a probiotic. We want both, because prebiotics act as the food for the bacteria, but the probiotics will make sure the right bacteria are using the food. Well, yeah, it's like sending a bunch of soldiers out without uh, uh, any nourishment exactly. to continue to, to grow and to right. stay strong. Yep. And a lot of companies that I see today, it's all probiotic, probiotic, but yeah. there's no prebiotic, there's no and then prebiotic. they always want to sell you the prebiotic as a separate supplement. Exactly. And then even when it comes to prebiotics, we want to be careful. Um, I've been trying to coin this term precision prebiotics, right? Because prebiotics are just general food for bacteria. Imagine if you have an imbalance of good and bad bacteria in your gut, you send in a bunch of prebiotics, you can feed the bad bacteria just as well as you feed the good bacteria. So it can make the problem worse. So there are prebiotics now that are designed to be able to feed good bacteria specifically and not the bad bacteria. So a combination of the right probiotic that can act as an intelligent gardener, that can go in specifically, pull out the weeds, detoxify the soil, help the other plants grow, and then at the same time bring in the food for the, for the good plants, the prebiotics, or more so the precision prebiotics. Okay, now let's talk about getting through the stomach. Yeah. Okay. So many probiotics are literally, they have, there's no coating. Yeah. Uh, and then those that claim that they have an enteric coating or they have yeah. this fancy coating of some sort. Yeah. That, oh yes, they will get through the stomach and into the gut and yeah. plant all this probiotic. Yeah. But in reality, that's not true. It's not happening at all. I mean, we took 40 of the top probiotic products in the market and tested them. None of them made it through gastric system. You know, and we call the gastric system the gastric barrier for a reason. It acts as a physical barrier to the entrance of bacteria. That's one of our defense systems, right? Um, and the stomach acid is so potent in the, in the stomach that if you were able to touch it with your fingers, it would burn off your fingerprints and, and the tips of your fingers. And so most people don't realize how um, acidic the stomach actually is. Now, and let's say we, we engineer some fancy capsule and we do get it through the stomach. Right. There's two other gauntlets bacteria have to go through. Once that capsule releases in the upper part of the GI, they have to survive through bile salts, and bile salts are also very strong antimicrobials. If they make it through that, then they have to survive through pancreatic enzymes, which are also antimicrobials. So the stomach acid is just one of three gauntlets that they have to get through in order to get to the colon, which is where we want them to function as bacteria. So they're not they're just not getting there. That guy sounds like Tomb Raider. It does, exactly, yes. <laughs> or Indiana Jones yeah, right. trying to get through three barriers yep. just to get to the prize. And they can't do it, you know, they so, just can't do it. So in your research, what have you found yeah for, especially for the consumer. Yeah. They go out, they buy probiotics, they're all dead on arrival, and I've told people time and time again, if you walk into a store, look, it's extremely difficult to tell you which one to buy. Exactly, Because yeah. most of them will never get into your system. Yeah. So, what have you seen? Yeah. And what can we use to get in, get the probiotic into our system? Yeah, and that's that's probably the most important question and function in probiotics. We found that there are specialized bacteria that have been designed by nature to make it through that journey, right? So um, we went back to basics when we started looking at probiotics. We said, okay, we could take 
commonly used probiotic bacteria and try to engineer some fancy system to try to get them there. Right. But is that really the smart thing? Nature clearly hasn't designed these bacteria to make it through that journey, right? So our idea was that you know our ancestors clearly have had been exposed to bacteria for millions of years. Um, they we've have this developed this great relationship with bacteria. So there's got to be natural microbes out there in the world that are designed to make it through this system. Sure. And so we just went through the literature and started look doing some tests, and we found these bacillus endospores that are just amazing, phenomenal bacteria that exist in the outside environment, and they exist in the outside environment in a spore form, which means that they're metabolically inactive, they're not dividing or doing any of that stuff. They put an armor-like coating around themselves, which is a protein calcified coating, wow. and they're just sitting there waiting for you to swallow it. Well, okay, a protein calcified coating. Yeah. I understand that with bacteria, viruses, even fungi, yeah. they have a protein protective coating themselves so that way they can replicate and cause us to be sick. Sure. So now you found this type of substance that in a way maybe has the same type of coating in a way yeah. that gets into the system without being destroyed. Yeah, and it's actually far more robust than what you conventionally see with bacteria. So bacteria and viruses and all typically have a fatty acid and a, and a carbohydrate coating. This one is a really hard protein coating that is calcified on the outside. So it makes it like a rock, essentially. Um, it's mineralized, it's calcified, so it's like a tiny little microscopic so the stomach rock. stomach acid it's going to have a very, it. Yeah, yeah. Have a very difficult time breaking it down. Exactly. It survives 100% through the stomach acid. So imagine this bacteria that's sitting in the ground, right? And it's, it could have been there for a million years, right? These are microbes that have been around for tens of thousands of years, and they can lay dormant in the dirt for that long. You know, the oldest one that they found is over 50 million years old that they found inside a, a fossil, an ancient fossil. Well, let me say, know? is there enough of this to help every human on this planet? Yeah, there is if we go back to the way we used to live, right? We, if we went back to being hunters, gatherers, and foragers, if we ate dirt like our ancestors did, if we didn't sterilize everything that is around us, yeah. there would be, but unfortunately we're not doing that. And so our whole simple idea was to take these microbes that have been designed by nature to go through this system and then act as a probiotic in the gut and just put it back in a capsule so you can have it every day like our ancestors did. Well, how does this compare to you know, let's go back a hundred years. Yeah. You had the Bulgarians eating Bulgarian yogurt mm -hmm. and, and claiming longevity. Yeah. Then you have kimchi, yeah. you have sauerkraut, and there's so many other types of foods that have a probiotic action to them. Yeah. Did you study these types of foods we did. while coming across uh, yeah. these the spores? No, that's, and that's a very important question, so we did. We studied fermented foods quite extensively. What we came to find out was that uh, fermented foods really are not a source of probiotics. The reason they're so good for the gut is they are pre-digested, nutrient-rich food. So the bacteria during the fermentation are doing things like making organic acids. They're making uh, you know, peptides that are really important. Well, then that goes back to the early research of probiotics when they were actually studying lactic acid. Exactly. So they were focusing on lactic acid, well, for, well, for 40 years. Yep until we start seeing this change exactly. in the industry of finding what other types of probiotic material we can actually get into the body. Exactly, and so the reason why, like take Lactobacillus acidophilus, right? It's a number one selling probiotic right. strain in the US uh, and probably worldwide too. 
But the reason acidophilus was selected as a probiotic was because it's really good at producing lactic acid when fermenting dairy. It's right. not because it has some sort of magical function in the gut, right? Exactly. And so all of the benefits from yogurts and kefirs and all that stuff came from the acidity that was produced during the fermentation, the organic acids, all of these other things that act as like really good fertilizer for the microbiome. Well, let me throw this one at you. So many years ago, yeah. so I'm being taught on probiotics and, and you know, lactobacillus, like you said, you know, big number one mm -hmm. and, and being coming from dairy. Yeah. The one, the number one reason it was created, and a, and a lot of the consumers don't know this, yeah. was that the World Health Organization wanted to stop third world dysentery. Yes. And lactobacillus stops diarrhea. And so yep. people come to me, well, you know, I can't take probiotics because every time I do, I get constipated. Well, that's because you're taking lactobacillus, cecidophilus, <laughs> right. and bifidobacterium bifidum. Yeah. Now, then we have other products out there that are claiming eight strain, 12, 12 strain, the right. list goes on. And then there's, but I believe that the probiotic is not to stop things like that. I mean, yeah, if it's really bad, you want to stop it. But to really set up a proper environment to where yep. we have proper detoxification, proper elimination, and at the same time, keep the bad bacteria down to a, down an acceptable level. Yeah, absolutely, and that's, that's the key. I mean, the biggest benefit of something like an acidophilus comes from when you use it to ferment and then consume the ferment, right? Because the ferment is uh, has high concentration of lactic acid, which brings the pH down, and most of the bad bacteria that cause diarrhea and infections don't like a low pH. So it right. helps reduce their growth, you know? So that's the biggest benefit to it. Um, but that acidophilus is also dying in the stomach once you consume that fermented product, right. you know? Um, and so what we figure out with this, these spores, these endospores, actually make it through 100%, both through the stomach, the, the small intestine. When they get into the, the end of the small intestine, they break out of this shell within about eight minutes and they become a live functioning probiotic for you. You know, wow. So they could have been sitting there for a thousand years in the dirt, uh, waiting in this dormant state. You consume it, it gets in, and it breaks open within eight minutes and goes to work for you in your gut. They're like the gut police. You know, so the first thing they do is something called quorum sensing. So they, they go around and they read all the microbes that are in the area. They can find the um, pathogenic or overgrown microbes. They'll sit next to them and they'll produce up to 25 different antibiotics in the gut to kill off the bad bacteria. That's what's so fascinating about them. Well, then that means that these endospores could yeah. actually be the answer to actually getting rid of the superbugs or antibiotic-resistant bacteria. Absolutely. In fact, um, they were launched in 1952 in Europe, Latin America as a prescription drug for that very reason, for treating gut infections and other infections around the body chronic upper respiratory infections and so on because they're so good at this precision killing of other pathogens that uh, without the whole decimating of the rest of the microbes, you know, with using a broad spectrum antibiotic. So until today, they're still used in the prescription market in those countries. So they've been in the market for over 60 years as a pharmaceutical to treat dysentery and all kinds of gut infections. Now, have you seen this being used in areas of, let's say, Crohn's disease, ulcerative yeah. colitis, or uh, uh, irritable, irritable bowel syndrome? Sure, yeah. So we published a study um, last year in August of 2017 in a big GI journal because we wanted to get gastroenterologists to start seeing that, hey, probiotics do have some functions, certain probiotics, right? Um, and this was a study on leaky gut. 
and improving that intestinal lining. What's, what's really fascinating about our new understanding of the gut is that virtually every chronic disease that we know to be related to the gut starts off by the breakdown of the mucus layer in the gut and then the, leaky, the opening up of the tight junctions in the intestinal lining. So that inflammation and that process is the same thing that causes heart disease, diabetes, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, most recently um, uh, colon cancer as well. Oh February 2nd of this year, they published a groundbreaking study where these researchers out of, I believe it was Princeton or Harvard, one of those two, um, showed that they figured out the mechanism behind what is causing colon cancer. You really? know, and 50,000 people are gonna die this year from colon cancer, right? So it's a yeah. massive problem. Basically, it's that mucus layer in your intestines getting broken down and be being disseminated, and then uh, disintegrated, sorry, and then E. coli and another type of bacteria called Bacteroides fragilis will penetrate into that mucus layer they'll sit there and they'll form these biofilms. When they're in there forming these biofilms, they produce toxins. And those toxins cause a massive amount of inflammation on your intestinal cells that, that, that line the intestine. That we don't actually feel. That we don't feel. It's a chronic thing that it's asymptomatic, right? And wow. there's no real clinical way to test it either. So you could go to your doctor and they'll say, we'll do a, a scan for, or a scope for colon cancer. They can't see it happening until the cancer is formed. Right, so, so that means if you go in, yeah. you, you have a colonoscopy done, hey, Mr. Jones, everything looks everything's great, good, everything's yeah. fine, come back in five years. Yeah. And then you come back in five years and you're stage four colon cancer. Exactly, and now you have polyps that are turning malignant, you know, and the thing is, the this process, this breakdown of the mucus layer, the infiltration of pathogenic bacteria, and then starting the leaky gut and the inflammation on the lining, is, can start to happen when you're a teenager. Wow. In our study, we did a study on college students, healthy young college students. We took 100 college students and we, and we gave them all what we call a food challenge to look at how permeable the intestine lining was and how inflamed it was as well. We found that 55% of healthy young college students had severe intestinal permeability, leaky gut, and inflammation in the lining the same kind of inflammation that sets them up for autoimmune disease, for colon cancer, and so on in their 30s, 40s, and beyond. And it's wow. happening now when they're in the prime of their lives, you know? They would never think anything's going on. And yet there's this cauldron of disease brewing in your system that's completely asymptomatic that you don't know anything about. See, this is the type of information that you know, not just the American people need to know about it. So it's, it's a global problem. Absolutely, yeah. And you know, I was I was talking to a colleague, and I said, "Do you realize that children from the ages of and listen to this, ladies and gentlemen, from children from the ages of 12 to 18, 70 percent of those children dictate the meals that are going to be served at home. Why is that? Because a parent walks into the room and says, "Hey, what would you like to have for dinner?" The parent just handed the power of Sweet dinner thing. over to the child, yep. and now we have childhood obesity, yep. and at the same time, the foods they're eating are destroying their microbiome. Absolutely, destroying the microbiome, setting up that, what I call the ground zero of most health disorders, which is that lining of the intestines. Now, in order to induce the inflammation in our study, what we did was we had the college kids come in and we gave them a fast food breakfast. That's a great way of creating inflammation oh, and yeah. destruction in the body. That that um, the previous study that the university did with that same model, they showed that it took took the body two weeks to recover from a single meal. Well, see, I heard one meal through the drive-through mm -hmm. 
starts leaky gut. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And now what we did is we gave them then the probiotic for 30 days, these endospores. Right. Now the reason why we thought the endospores will work is because we know that the endospores can regenerate that mucus lining. We also know that the endospores can exclude out the bad bacteria. So as the bad bacteria are trying to penetrate and produce the toxins, the endospores are going in and killing them off. We also know that the endospores can uh, realign those intestinal cells so it stops the leakiness of the gut. So we made this huge hypothesis that if we just gave these college students a capsule a day of the, yeah. of the probiotic, we'd come back in 30 days and we'd see a measurable difference in the amount of leakiness of the gut. So sure enough, they went, they took the probiotic for 30 days, came back, we saw over a 60% reduction in the wow. inflammation and leakiness of the gut the second time we tested it. That's just in 30 days. In 30 days. Without doing anything else. And many of the subjects, and 60% was average, so many of the subjects had almost 100% um, blunting of the, of the toxic response, inflammatory response, meaning the leakiness of the gut was completely sealed up. And these are college kids, so they're not doing anything good for themselves no, in 30 no, days, no, you know? No. So no, pizza, hamburgers, exactly. beer. Beer, yeah, alcohol, <laughs> shots, yeah. stress, you know? Oh, yeah. And so, you know, we were shocked to see that the, that, the, that the data was so profound. And in fact, we were able to publish the study as a, what we call a frontier paper in the journal because no one has ever been able to show this kind of effect with any compound, whether it's natural or pharmaceutical. And here's the scary part about mm -hmm. it. The placebo group, because this is of course a double-blinded study, the placebo group not only of course didn't have any reduction in the endotoxemia, they had a 32% increase in the 30-day period. Wow. So this inflammatory response, this leakiness of the gut, the same pathology, the same uh, structure that causes all of these chronic illnesses got worse by 32% in 30 days. So it's, it's quite scary. And that's the most profound thing that we've discovered about the microbiome is that rheumatoid arthritis, so pain in your knees, Alzheimer's, so de dementia, um, colon cancer, all of them have the same origin. You know, most people would say, and, oh, and we're doing a study on gingivitis. Gingivitis, gum disease, has the same origin as well, the same leakiness in the gut. You know, well, so same type of membrane? The same type of membrane, the same um, endotoxins will get in and start creating biofilms and the same pathogens will attach and they'll start eating away at the gum tissue and, and the, uh, the teeth as well. For all the viewers out there, what kind, of, what kind of a quick advice would you give to everybody right now when it comes to probiotics? So I would say look for something that has survivability data. It should say somewhere in the box that it survives through the gastric system. That's a really, really important thing. The second part is that it's been DNA analyzed. So one of the big problems with probiotics is the vast majority of, of companies do not know what's actually in their product. A study published in 2015 by in the Journal of Nature, the top uh, you know, scientific journal in the world, done by University of California, they took 16 different probiotic products on the market and they ran full DNA analysis on the strains that were in the capsule to see if it matched what was claimed on the label. Ah. Right? Out of 16, one matched. 15 out of 16 had completely different bacteria in the capsule than what was claimed on the label. And did you know that there was a study back in 1995, 155 probiotic products were tested. Yeah. 95% were dead on arrival. Yes. And even as many of those 
found out that the bacteria on the label did not match what was in the capsule, and it still yes. goes on today. And Isn't that's that a shame. crazy? That's a shame. This is, is a shame. This is what twenty years later, yeah, exactly. right? Same thing. Yeah, same same thing's thing going on. So when we started working with probiotics, we said when we get the raw material in, we have to do a DNA check. When we finish making the product, we have to send out the finished product and do another DNA check because we need to know so we have peace of mind, we can sleep better at night, that we're putting in what we actually want to put in into the product. And parents and, and, and alike need to know that what they're taking is actually what they what they think they're buying. Wow. You know, and the pro, the scary thing about the November 2015 study yeah. is that the 16 products that they bought were all kids' probiotics. They focus on children's probiotics. So imagine a mom that's buying this probiotic and she has no idea what kind of bacteria she's giving her baby or her toddler or her, um, you know, her um, child. Because what's on the label because is not matching what's inside the capsule. What's gap. inside. And they found in some cases there were pathogenic bacteria. I mean, it's a mess. Oh, oh, I know. You know? It has, it, it, you've just proven the research I've read, it hasn't changed at all it in the last 20 years. Yeah. Well, I could, you know, Karan, um, I am so impressed with your knowledge. Well, thank it's you a so subject much. that I, I love to talk about. Yeah. And you and I, we, we could go on forever. Absolutely, we could. <laughs> but you know, and, and let me mention so the probiotic I do yes. the research with is yes. something called Just Thrive Probiotic. Just Thrive yeah. Probiotic. It's an endospore based probiotic. It's got a multi spore formula. That's what we publish the studies with. And we're doing nine clinical trials so, right now. So the public, if they, if they can look up Just Thrive. Yeah, okay. they can go to uh, thriveprobiotic.com. Uh, you'll see a lot of work of mine, a lot of information, blogs, all that kind of stuff. And then, of course, uh, the products there as well. So that's the one we do our studies with wow. that healed that leaky gut in 30 days. Well, Pretty amazing. thank you so much for stopping by You're and welcome. talking with a us. A great conversation thank and you. amazing knowledge that you have. So you keep thank doing you. what you're doing. And, and let's do this again. We I would will, love to. We will definitely do this again. And yeah. ladies and gentlemen, my discussion with microbiologist Karan Krishnan, and just look up, is it thrive.com? It's at thriveprobiotic.com. Thriveprobiotic.com, check them out, because here's the deal. We gotta get the healthy ones down into our gut, and now you know where to go. Thank you everyone for listening to today's show on probiotics with Karan Krishnan. And remember to catch every episode of Life Changing Wellness. Just hit subscribe on iTunes or on my show page at radiomd.com slash drbond. And if I can ask you a favor, please take 30 seconds and rate the show on iTunes. Thank you for doing that for me as we want to bring you the best show possible. And you can learn more about me at drwardbond.com. And again, check out my show page here at radiomd.com slash drbond or iTunes for all of my episodes. Thank you for listening to Life Changing Wellness. I'm Dr. Ward Bond. Have a blessed and healthy day.